Welcome to the Show Up Society podcast, where I talk about showing up for your goals one tiny step at a time. I'll help you break down your big fat dreams into tiny bite-sized pieces that are totally doable as long as you just keep showing up. I talk about anything from running to creativity, to mindset, to small business, to whatever else comes up. You'll see how just showing up for yourself every day in the tiniest way can make a huge impact and change your life. I'm your host, Tammy Bennett, artist, coach, habit keeper, and idea machine. I can't wait to cheer you on. So let's get started. Here we go, friend. Thank you for being here. Today, I'm talking about learning how to fail. And if that freaks you out, then please stick around and hear what I have to say. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to tell you a funny story about my daughters giving me a very high grade on the way that I interacted with a barista. So here in Oregon, there is a chain of um, little coffee shops called Dutch Bros, as in brothers, and they have amazing hot chocolate. I do not drink coffee, but I love hot chocolate and I love coffee shops just for their kind of atmosphere. Um, So anyway, they're um, drive-through shops. And so we go there kind of often. And I get kind of bothered because their baristas are what I think is really invasive in their questioning. So they'll say like, oh, so what do you have on tap for today? And you'll say something like, oh, we're just running errands. Oh, well, who are you going to do them with? Or who are you going to do them for? Or what are you going to do after that? And then you'll answer that question. And then they go even deeper. And then they're like, well, then what are you going to do later tonight? Any special plans? And I just kind of find it to be a little invasive. I just want to get my coffee or my hot chocolate. And I just want to get it and say thank you and go on about my day. I don't want to have this really long heart to heart conversation about all the things that I'm going to do and who I'm going to do them with. And so my husband and I make a lot of jokes about funny things that we could reply when they say, you know, what are you guys going to do today? And, you know, so the whole way, so it's usually a long line. So it goes like it wraps around the parking lot. And the second that we get into the parking lot, my husband and I will start thinking of funny answers that we can say. And we'll say something like, oh, you know, we're going to bury the body. Or we'll say, oh, I'm going to have to go home and get ready for my nude book club. Or I'm going to arrange all the pencils on my desk in color and height order. And so while my husband and I are doing this and having fun, our girls are in the back just absolutely mortified and they're begging us like, please, mom, please don't do that. That's so mean. It's not respectful. It's just their job. And so they get really upset, which makes me, of course, want to egg them on even more and joke even more about the things that I could say. And so it's this whole thing where they're kind of panicking and I'm just coming up with more and more ridiculous things that I could possibly say by the time we get up to the window. So it's actually a lot of fun. Um, So the other day we went to Dutch Bros and we were, you know, in the parking lot and I started saying some ridiculous stuff that I was going to say when I got to the window and the girls were just like begging me, please, just please be normal and nice. So I thought I would give it a try and I actually kind of turned the script around and I just started asking the barista about um, Christmas movies and if she had ever seen Queen's Gambit. And it was great. And as we pulled out, my girls were like, you got a 98. And I was so happy. So a 98 out of 100 was my score that my girls gave me. And I got two points off for answering the question a little bit wrong. Like they asked me what um, 
about Christmas movies, and I answered with that I'm going to watch Queen's Gambit. And since I veered off topic a little bit, I got two points taken off. And I almost offered the barista a candy cane, but my girls said that that would have taken off like 20 points because in times of COVID, thou shalt not pass out candy. So I am glad that I did not get the 20 points off for doing that. And anyway, I just thought it was something fun to share. And if you have any ideas of funny stuff that I could say in response to the barista asking me really intense questions about what I'm going to do later and who I'm going to do it with and where I'm going to do it, I would love to hear your responses of of possible things that I could say so that, that I can tease my girls in the parking lot. So if you have responses, please email them to me at hello at showupsociety.com. It's challenge time. Today's challenge is to send me a quick little note on one or two of the best tips that you have gotten from this podcast in the past year, because I'm thinking of doing kind of a compilation episode later um, in the month. So you can email me at hello at showupsociety.com or you can DM me on Instagram at showupsociety. Thank you in advance, and I can't wait to see what has resonated with you. Okay, let's talk about learning to fail. Um, So I was thinking the other day um, when I was talking to some clients, I have so many clients that are really, really afraid of trying things because they don't want to fail. Somehow that made me think of a time about six years ago when I took an adult gymnastics class. Now, I have never taken gymnastics in my life. I did go to one class, actually, when I was younger, and I was amazing on the vault, apparently, at least in my memory. I just flew and, you know, flew over the vault, and it was amazing. And I'm pretty sure I stuck the landing. This was back when I was like 10. But that was the only class I ever went to. My daughters were competitive gymnasts. At this time, about six years ago, I was spending a lot, a lot of hours in the gym watching them practice. And one of the teachers is a guy and he decided to have an adult class because several of the parents had been gymnasts when they were younger and they kind of were getting the itch to go out on the floor. And so he held a grown-up adult gymnastics class. And I was like, oh my gosh, totally, I'm totally going to do that. And so you know, it was about four or five of us. And like I said, the other four had done gymnastics for many, many years when they were younger. I never had, but that's whatever. I just was like going into it with this positive attitude, like I'm totally going to crush this. And so we did, uh, we started out, you know, with some stretches and stuff. And then we did handstands. And I do not regularly or ever do handstands. But I just kicked up into this handstand so boldly and bravely and I got into a a handstand and it was really good. And the teacher coach was like, all right, good job. And he turned his back to me and I started to keep falling over and I had no idea what to do. And so I just smacked down like a back flop, like the opposite of a belly flop. And I was just like stiff as a board and just fell so hard onto the mat that my breath kind of went like, like that. And it was really embarrassing. And he just kind of turned and looked at me and had no idea what to do because everybody else was like coming out of their handstands in this like beautiful forward roll and then coming up to a stand with their arms in the air like an Olympian. And I was just like totally wheezing, like thinking I had broken ribs. It was awful. And so 
that pretty much was the end of my adult gymnastics career. I think I made it through the rest of that class and maybe one more, but I was terrified. I did not want to hurt. I did not want to look dumb. I did not want to be embarrassed. Um, I was scared of doing something even worse than just knocking my breath out. Like when we started doing back handsprings and flipping around on the trampoline, I was totally terrified. I'm like, I have three kids that I have to mother and I don't want to die. And so because of that fear, I never went back to adult gymnastics and I probably never will. And that got me thinking, all I was doing was a really safe handstand on the floor on a mat. And my daughters are literally doing back flips up on a beam that's like four feet off of the floor, 125 centimeters off of the floor. And they are landing on a four inch wide or 10 centimeter wide beam. And why are they doing this? And why are they running full speed and then flipping head over heels off of the vault? And why are they swinging around going upside down and flipping off of the bars? Why aren't they afraid? And I realized that it is because they are taught how to fall. So at gymnastics, they spend so many hours uh, doing conditioning. And part of that is learning how to come out of a handstand. It's learning how to fall safely off of the high bars. It's learning how to fall safely off of the beam. It's learning how, if you're doing a back flip and something goes wrong, how you can land safely. And they spend actually a lot of time learning how to do these drills and and creating strength in their body and flexibility and practicing these skills of falling. And so it kind of takes away the fear because they are, they know that they can get out of it safely. And I mean, you know, all obviously accidents do happen sometimes in the world of gymnastics and terrible injuries do occur, but they would never be able to make it through these 20 hours or more of practice a week without having some confidence that they are going to be okay, even if they fall or even if they mess up. And that's such a good life lesson is that we as humans aren't really taught how to fail. And so we are terrified of it. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if we can handle it. We don't know if we'll recover. We don't know what we'll do next. And because we have no idea how to fail, we never, well, a lot of us let that keep us from trying because we have no idea how to fail. And so we need to just practice learning how to fail, just like the gymnast practice learning how to fall and getting rid of the fear. I mean, you might still be afraid of it. You might not totally eliminate the fear, but you're going to trust that you're going to be okay and you're going to bounce right back up and be able to try again and that it will help you be even better in the future. So the gymnasts are getting even better at the skills because they know that even if they mess up, they can get up and try again. And you and your business or your project or your goals, whatever it may be, if you trust yourself that you're going to be able to get right back up from a fail, that you're going to be able to try again and be even better. And so a couple uh, things that I have noticed that help reduce the fear of failure are one, is going into your project or your goal, whatever it may be, with a sense of curiosity and kind of detaching yourself from the outcome. So you might have your big goal in mind, but every step that you take to get there, you can come to it with a sense of curiosity, almost like a scientist in a lab who's just testing like, well, what if we put in two milliliters of this scary green liquid? Or what if we put in half a milliliter of this liquid? And they're just trying things over and over and over 
with no expectation that that very formula is going to be the one, but they are knowing that this is one step in the process to coming up with that great formula. And it's the same thing when you're taking a step towards your project to go into it with like, huh, I wonder what happens if I try this without thinking that this is going to be that master grand steps that changes the world and builds your whole business, but with just thinking that this is just one mere tiny little step on the path to getting you to that goal. And that just kind of takes the pressure off of it having to mean so much and having to be perfect. If you're just, if this is just part of the process, this is just one more thing that you're going to try. This is one of many, many, many things that you're going to try. And let's see if it works. Let's just take note of it. The second step or way that you can learn how to fail is to just decide and go. No more wishy-washy, no more research, no more analyzing beforehand, no more asking everybody their opinions, no more searching out experts and reading more books and signing up for more e-courses. This is just decide and move on. Try it. So you're just going to make a decision because in that first step with curiosity, you can brainstorm, you can make a list of all these different things that you can try in your step one, your curiosity step. Step two, you're going to pick one, decide to do it and go make a move, take action. And then the final step in learning how to fail, I think, is that after you have taken that step to then pause and analyze without judgment how it went. So looking like totally factually, looking at numbers with no judgment, just neutral facts. So if it is, you know, you got 4% engagement on your Instagram post, then that's 4% engagement. And then you can figure out why. Why was it so much? Why wasn't it more? What surprised you? What worked well? What didn't work well? What kind of feedback did you get? What were you thinking when you created it? What were your expectations? All these kind of things. So it's very similar to a child science lab report where they have to write down what they tried and then they have to analyze it and see what worked, what didn't work, what they could try in the future, why they think things didn't work, all this kind of analysis. And there is no judgment in a science paper that you turn in, right? You're not saying I was such a dumb scientist. I was such an idiot. I was a fool to think that I could create water from grass. You know, there's none of that Uh, judgment in a science paper. And there should be no judgment in you um, looking at what you tried to do for your project or your goal or for your business. There is just simple, neutral observation as if you're just reporting the facts with no bias, no judgment, just no bashing. And that's going to teach you that you are going to be a friend to yourself no matter what happens and that you trust that you will be able to figure it out and that nobody, it's going to teach you that you aren't getting bashed. It's not the end of the world. You're not going to die if this doesn't work out unless your project is something like eating poison, which I don't think that you're going to do. So you get my point though, is that it's just a feeling of disappointment and you are totally able to sit with that feeling of disappointment. It's just a little feeling in your belly or, or maybe in your chest that doesn't feel good, but you can just say, it's okay. 
this didn't work out this time, but I can't wait to try it again next time. And you can then make your plan. So then step four would be to try um, to make a list of what you can do next time. So you can do this brainstorm again of all the things that you could try. And you're going to list these out with curiosity and with detachment from the outcome. Like, oh, okay, well, that didn't work. I wonder if we tweak this little part right here. And then you're just going to repeat these processes again. So the first step is curiosity and having detachment from the outcome. So you're not going to be so stressed on every single step of the process. You're just going to try things over and over. And then the second step is you're going to pick one of those ideas that you have, and you're going to decide on it, and you're going to take action and get it done. The third step is to analyze without judgment. You're just going to do a simple, factual, neutral evaluation of what worked well and what didn't work well. And then the step four is you're going to brainstorm a list of the next best steps that you could take, and then you're going to repeat the process. And in doing these four steps, you will teach yourself that failure or you know having an outcome different than what you wanted is not the end of the world. It's totally survivable. It's totally part of the process and that you can do it. You can survive it and that you will learn because in this evaluation stage, in the step three, where you're analyzing and evaluating, you are going to learn so much as a person, and you are going to learn so much as a um, as, as someone who is working your project. So as a business person, or whatever your project is, you are going to gain so much knowledge in that particular skill set. And it's going to be invaluable. And you will, if you just keep doing this process over and over and over and over, you will succeed and you will have the results that you want. You just have to be nice to yourself if it doesn't work out and keep trying. So just keep learning how to fail and knowing that you are safe and that you have your own back and that you can get up and try again. Sounds great, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. So before we go, I just have to check in on your challenge. Did you email me your favorite one or two tips that you have heard on this podcast in the past year? I really, really hope that you will do it. Or you could even put them on Instagram and just tag me at Show Up Society. I can't wait to see what has meant a lot to you. And I thank you so much for showing up to this episode of the Show Up Society podcast. Now go out there and show up for yourself. Hey, you're still here. Thank you so much. What can you try again today?